All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, baby. Oh, You're God. unbelievable. I took a bite of an apple right before it was time to go on. It was like he thought, oh, we're going on. I better get this final bite in without realizing he would have to chew the apple. <laughs> this guy. It's like he's never done radio before. I'm not before. making a good use of my time. Uh, it's Chris and Amy on KMOX. Hey, you want to talk about St. Louis crime for a minute? Yeah. It's our favorite thing to do that with us today. Uh, Dr. Kelsey Cundiff uh, joins us on the Quiver River Electric guest line, assistant professor of criminology and criminal justice at UMSL uh, with us on KMOX. Good afternoon, Dr. Cundiff. How are you? I'm good. How are you? We're doing okay here. And so um, we, Amy and I, discuss a lot crime in the city, what can be done. There, It seems like People have all kinds of ideas, and we never know which ones of them are are actually working. Uh, There was about a million dollars of nonprofit money pledged to increase police patrols downtown in St. Louis. The question is, has that worked so far? And so we ask you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so um, I... (laughs) To preface this, it is kind of difficult to say whether or not just sort of uh, this increase in patrols would have uh, an effect without doing, you know, a a more sophisticated kind of research analysis of it. Um, Without doing that, though, and just basing it in prior research uh, that has looked at, you know, do increasing patrols decrease crime in those areas? Generally speaking, that kind of thing doesn't tend to have a huge effect on crime. Now, crime is down in that neighborhood um, or that part of the, the city, uh, but it's also down uh, across the rest of the city, across the state, and across the country. Um, and so there are, are likely other factors that have sort of also been occurring nationally, but then in St. Louis as well, that have, have led to a decrease in crime. I guess I'm a, I'm a little confused because I do know that when it comes to policing, there are some methods of deterrence that have been proven to work. And one method is uh, a more visible police presence can be very effective in deterring some amount of crime, obviously not all crime, but some amount. So if an increased visible police presence has been proven to deter crime, wouldn't overtime extra police presence being paid by this $1 million, those overtime patrols, wouldn't it stand to reason that that would also serve as some type of an effective deterrent? It, it might have some small deterrent effect. Um, I, my guess is that most of this, these, you know, I don't know the details of how they've used the these increased patrols, if that's at all times or if that's focused on when there are like events downtown mm-hmm. um, and not at other times. Um, but a lot of policing uh, is 
more reactive than it is proactive. Um, so the odds that a police officer is driving by or walking by and just happens upon a crime in commission, it's pretty low. Most of their job is reacting to reported crimes. Um, and so that's kind of oftentimes what we think about why the, you know, these increased patrols might not have a huge crime reduction effect. Having more people, uh, more officers around um, could potentially sort of deter the deter a, a, a potential crime from happening because you might increase the, the risk of, or the perceived risk at least, of being detected. Um, but at the end of the day, also a, a million dollars in terms of just uh, funding extra patrols isn't actually that huge of amount of money um, to where I would think it would have uh, at least the, the, the amount of a decline that we've seen in that neighborhood, I, I can't imagine would be mostly attributed to just the increased patrols. Has there been any research on that specific question of whether, and I'm assuming there has been and what you would know about it, the specific question of maybe a crime does not get committed because the perpetrators who would have committed it are aware that a police car could drive by at any second or they know there there's police in the area, so maybe it's not a good idea for them to do whatever crime they were thinking of committing. How much of that is a deterrent? Um, so there's there's some research that looks at a bunch of different um, what's called target hardening um, policies. Uh, so that could be, you know, potentially police in the area, but it could also be things like, uh, you know, brighter streetlights or um, uh, CCTV cameras and your know, parking lots, things like that. Um, and so it is very uh, it, often this research is done in a one particular location. Um, and so things that might be effective in one place you can't necessarily assume will always be effective in other places as well. Um, and so there's not, to, at least to my knowledge, and this um, isn't, you know, specifically what I study. So there, there could be things out there that I'm just not aware of. Um, there's not, it's not as if there's a study that's sort of this overarching, like this thing works all the time everywhere and in, in every single place, um, because things are so location specific. Um, and so there, again, some of these, knowing that there's going to be a, uh, you know, heavy police traffic and, you know, right, uh, right outside of, um, you know, Cardinal stadium or something, let's just say, or if, you know, there was a, parade downtown, something like that, um, there might dissuade certain types of crime. Um, but it, that might also be hyper-specific to right where they're at and a block or two over. It might not be sort of the crime preventive measure or, or um, policy that you might think. I know a visible police presence can, like we said, might have some deterrence on crime. I will say personally, a police presence helps me feel safer. And when we talk about perception being reality and people feeling that the city isn't very safe, maybe people who live in the county don't really want to come in downtown. What about if let's say police present is presence isn't deterring tons of crime, does a police presence encourage people because they feel safer to go downtown? You know, more of like if it's a, a carrot and a stick, that would be more of the carrot side of things. In the same way that in Forest Park, you see the park rangers, you see the police officers, and you feel generally very, very safe. Yeah, so I'm I'm not 
personally familiar with uh, the research looking specifically on that of, you know, whether or not people feel safer when there's a police presence. Um, but I do, you know, my assumption as to why this money is specifically targeted in that neighborhood is for that exact reason, right? Is this, this is an area that St. Louis wants people to come to and wants people to feel like they're going to be safe when they visit downtown to go for, you know, to go to a restaurant, go to a sporting event, go to the arch, whatever it might be. Um, and so I, I would assume that that is probably part of the hope of this as well, is that it encourages people to um, to come to that area and, and hopefully make them feel more safe because they at least uh, perceive that the likelihood of something going bad is lower because, you know, they're, when they're there, they see police everywhere. Generally speaking, in the research that you have done and, and that you have seen, what does work? What sort of approach does work? I think we all agree that it's got to be multifaceted. It can't just be more police, more jails, more arrests. It can't just be that. It has to be more. So what is it? What is the kind of thing that would actually help a city like this one? Yes, you're right in that it's super multifaceted. Um, So uh, as I said a little bit ago, right, the policing aspect of that, and even just a corrections aspect, um, are all going to be things that are reactive. So it's stuff that's happening after a crime has already been committed, and we're responding to it to try to, uh, you know, maybe prevent later crime. Um, But there's the entire other side of this is why does it happen to start with? So before a crime is actually uh, committed, what is leading towards that? So what are the motivations for that? What are the conditions? Uh, And so a lot of our criminological theory points to these um, social uh, factors um, in people's lives. So this could be like economic conditions. This could be um, things about you know, their uh, trust in police and legitimate in their, their thought of the like legitimacy of police and government um, and factors that might make it seem as though, uh, you know, crime is a more attractive option. Um, and so doing things that can address what people's lives are actually like, their experiences um, and funneling resources in a way to sort of alleviate kind of the, you know, social pressures and things, economic pressures um, that might make, uh, committing a crime seem like a, a more appealing option. Uh, we talk a lot about the police officers in the city. A lot of good police officers get poached by other mm-hmm. police departments, generally in the county. I think, uh, you know, Clayton has a great police department, and they are like, yeah, we we poach other officers and offer higher pay. And, of course, that makes sense. If you're a police officer providing for a family, you'd feel almost obligated to go to a different city that could a different department that could pay more or perhaps have lower crime rates. What do you know, if anything, about uh, when you have police departments that aren't particularly thriving and perhaps don't have the resources to incentivize good police officers to work for that department? Yeah, so uh, I'm not a police scholar at all. Um, But from like a theoretical standpoint, though, um, if you're losing, if there's a high level of turnover for the officers, um, which is what's going to happen if you're not able, you know, if the, the pay is, is much better in other areas, if the sort of risk is much lower, um, if there's a high turnover rate, it's going to be difficult for officers to sort of form any kind of um, bond with, the, you know, the people who might be living in a particular community that they're policing. So, um, 
within theory, there's uh, thoughts about policing is more effective when there's sort of this mutual trust between police officers and the people living in the areas that they're patrolling. Um, and so if you have a high turnover, it's just a lot harder for that to happen, right? You're not necessarily, uh, you know, in, a, in an area where police officers are staying and they have kind of the same patrols, they might know the people who live there, right? You recognize the the police officer, it's someone that you've had positive interactions with, things like that. Um, and so when you have a high turnover, that's just not something that's going to exist. Uh, and so some of those factors um, that cause a lot of tension even between um, the community and police uh, are harder to sort of overcome if it's a new officer every single time, um, you know, some sort of incident happens or someone has an interaction with police um, and you, you, that sort of uh, community bond isn't able to be formed. Dr. Kelsey Cundiff, Assistant Professor of Criminology and Criminal Justice at UMSL, thank you for your time this afternoon. We do appreciate it. Thanks so much. That is uh, Dr. Cundiff. And if you would like to hear the interview, if you missed any part of it, go back and get it on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, or KMOX.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mm. It's Chris and Amy on KMOX. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.